This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time now to shift our attention to China. Well, uh, from the U.S. adding more Chinese companies to its restricted trade list to China finding a large corporate donor to Taiwanese political election campaigns and their zero COVID policy. Mm. How will it really protect them from Omicron? To talk more about these headlines, we're joined now by Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Okay, Don, in the latest happenings between China and U.S. tensions, the U.S. government has added a dozen more Chinese companies to its restricted trade list. Uh, Could you give us a summary of this latest piece of news and, you know, why these companies have been added? What happens from here? And is there there any reason why China has asked uh, Didi to delist from the U.S.? Could we get your thoughts on that? Hi, good morning. The U.S. has said these companies were added to the list because of national security reasons or that they were against its foreign policy interest. So U.S. companies will not be able to do business with these firms unless they have a special license to do so. There were a total of 27 entities and individuals on the list, and they are from China, Japan, Pakistan, and even Singapore. The U.S. Commerce Department said the actions will help prevent U.S. technologies from being used in China and Russia's military advancement and Pakistan's nuclear activities. At least eight of these companies in China are on the list to prevent U.S. technology from being used in China's quantum computing efforts that support military applications such as counter-stealth and counter-submarine applications. China is, of course, not happy with this decision and has said it violates an understanding between President Xi Jinping and President Joe Biden when they met two weeks ago. And it has said it will lodge representations with the U.S. and that it will do what it takes to defend its companies, including taking retaliatory action against the U.S. Now, Don, China has targeted a large corporate donor to Taiwanese political election campaigns with extensive business in the mainland. Talk to us about the motives behind this, the ripple effect, and whether this might actually cause Taiwanese companies to take a step back and perhaps not fund the island's political campaigns moving forward. The punishment for Far Eastern Group is meant to send a message that China will go after any business or any individual which it deems is directly or indirectly supporting Taiwan independence, and that is likely to send jitters through companies that may have links to the ruling pro-independence Democratic Progressive Party or President Tsai Ing-wen. Far Eastern has made donations to both the DPP and the opposition party Kuomintang, which is more China-friendly. But Beijing has been stepping up its pressure on Taiwan since the DPP took power in 2016. And with President Tsai winning a second term in 2020 by a huge margin, China is getting increasingly concerned that the island may be moving closer and closer to declaring independence. And so it keeps squeezing Taiwan by trying to diplomatically isolate it by a lot of military posturing in the Taiwan Strait and repeating its threat that it will use force if necessary to take back Taiwan if it does indeed declare independence. Earlier this month, it had already banned three Taiwanese top officials, Premier Su Zhenchang, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu, and Speaker of Parliament Yu Xikun, 
and their family members coming to the mainland or Hong Kong or Macau. Any entities that are affiliated to them are also prohibited from dealing with mainland organizations and individuals, and companies linked to them are also not allowed to do business on the mainland. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. We're on the line this morning with Tan Don Wei, China Beer Chief for the Straits Times. Uh, you know, this is an interesting one. I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times, China's whole zero COVID policy. Mm. And a lot of people have been arguing that maybe it's not effective anymore. Well, then again, there are others who say that, look how effective it has been. <laughs> you know, uh, China's economy right. recovered much faster than right. any other economy. Yeah. Uh, they hauled people into quarantine yeah. much earlier than everyone else. Uh, but then again, you're right in the sense that, you know, if you want to focus on zero COVID, you will keep doing this start, stop, start, stop. Thing. Yeah. And is that necessarily good for the economy? Well, you know, so there was a study by... Uh, uh, Peking University mathematicians, mm. and they say that China could face more than 630,000 COVID-19 infections a day if it dropped its zero-tolerance policies by lifting travel curbs. Mm. Uh, they added that the country could not afford to lift travel restrictions without more efficient vaccinations or specific treatments. So th- maybe they've gone down that rabbit hole far too deep. Yeah, certainly. So I guess the question would be then, how much of an impact can we expect this particular study uh, to have on the way China chooses to move on with this, on the way it chooses to approach this, its efforts to reopen its borders, especially with this Omicron mm. variant coming into the picture. Uh, so Don, uh, can China's zero COVID policy really continue to protect the country against this new variant? The finding of this study, which is based on statistical modelling and was recently published, said China could hit more than 630,000 COVID cases a day if it adopted a looser approach to managing COVID. And that would make it the biggest number of cases in a day in any country since the start of the outbreak. So you can imagine that it's likely to spook many officials in China and reinforce the belief that its zero tolerance policy has to be the way to go, at least for some time more, because we are getting no more than 50 cases a day in recent weeks here in China. And even though there was a spate of outbreaks because of the Delta variant in recent months, China has managed to temp that down quite a bit. So it will, especially in the lead-up to the Winter Olympics in February next year, and with the emergence of this new Omicron variant, continue to be extremely cautious and not likely to open up its borders. We've been speaking to China Beer Chief of the Straits Times, Tan Don Wei. Don, appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe. We'll catch up with you again next week. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.